0: Welcome. You are listening to Nard Bites, a Dungeons and Dragons show where we discuss various topics about D&D and all other TTRPGs. Enter at your own risk, but beware, things may get Welcome back to the podcast it is I grognard the young the young grognard i'm bringing to you a nice greasy tasty crunchy slurpy syrupy tasty nugget of a nard bite i am joined by my wonderful friends here uh uh both anthony and jared and uh i think ryan no. yeah i can't keep them out um, but today's episode of the Bites, we're talking sort of in league with what we talked about last time with classes. We're going to talk about potentially a more, uh, I guess, controversial thing. And that's talking about fifth edition races and talking about what race we would add to the player's handbook roster. Now, this means we could also take things from second, you know, secondary sources. We could take things from the dungeon master's guide, any of the errata, whatever. And that's all fair game to talk about. Uh, and we're just going to talk about what ones we would put into here. Uh, do you guys want to talk about ones we would get rid of? Because I mean, you, I, we talked about this a little bit before we started. You, you know who I would get rid of. But uh, did you guys want to talk about getting rid of one, or are you going to let me be the hate-filled the person? In no, this? I'll, I'll do one too. Oh snap! Yeah, Sam. You guys. I cool could I you? could definitely make some cuts if I hear you guys say gnome. <laughs> oh boy, Dan, you fucking oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: spoiler alert.
2: all
1: right we rolling for it nah i'm getting it because i got a good joke too oh okay go ahead no no
0: or are we rolling for it or we just gonna talk about it
1: oh oh for
3: yeah but don't take gnome please (laughs) Uh, oh i won't that's not what i'm gunning
0: for all right well you know what and second favorite that i'm gunning for what humans all right (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna go first then i'm just gonna shoot from the hip on this one for a race that I would add to the player's handbook, why have goblins not been accepted into the common races? I think goblins have just been treated as being like these subhuman kind of characters where they're just really stupid and in like a patronizing way. But I think that that same kind of quirky, like weird attitude is what would make them a very cool race to play as, as in, in like a campaign as just a standard race and not have to be like a monstrous character, you know? I think that overall, I mean, obviously we've seen Kalika in our podcast and how she plays out, but like, I think goblins make for a really interesting culture to toss in there and you can do so much with them. And I think one of the reasons why you can do so much with them is because through every fantasy source we've ever seen, goblins have been sort of the same general idea But they've been allowed to have a bunch of other different weird and interesting combos because we didn't ever have to consider them as a playable race for characters. And thus we could say whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, they worship the moon. Yeah, they worship spiders. They have a language that has no vowels and only consonants. And it's like the implications of that for role playing are immense and I think really neat and flavorful. I think there's a lot of room you could go for sub races for it. And you could say there's like forest goblins. You could do the underground creepy mountain goblins. You could do even bugbears and hobgoblins as the sub races for it.
1: I was going to so- say, because like goblins are one of the only races that have an entire branch of races based. Like that, they're a part of named after them. They're all goblinoids. Which,
0: which, that itself is even then a little weird. There's a lot of strange fluff and lore about the division between them. Fifth edition did kind of a bibbity bobbity bullshit, like <laughs> on top of it, where they're like, uh, it turns out Magloobiet has a weird ranking hierarchy of goblins and he hates goblins, uh, all of them, and that's why he made them different. I don't Sounds know. Sounds like I'm-
2: somebody's copying notes from the
0: Giants. <laughs> Which, I I mean, to be honest, I don't know how far back that goes as far as like Goblin lore goes, but I would be willing to even make it so that they're not related. I'd be willing to make it so that they're all just of the same exact species and like they could be interbreeding or whatever. I'd be cool for either of them. I think that what's nice about them is because you can kind of imagine it going both ways, it would be very versatile for anybody's campaign and they wouldn't be pigeonholed into like being the one faction for it. But as far as a race that i would get rid of i would i, I said it earlier but t and the only reason why is just a statistical issue where it's like they come up as strictly a storyline thing where somebody like had a pact or somebody was too close to a demonic possession or something and thus you were born that way it just how do you make an entire player race off of a statistical anomaly that's like I just, I I don't know. It just strikes me as a very strangely specific thing to be like humans have an entire cultural and empire. Dwarves, an entire culture and empire. Tieflings, fingers crossed you don't have a kid with horns and a tail. you know what I mean? And it's like, to the point they also write about how unpredictable it is to have one of these kids. That it's like, you're just guaranteed to come out with the exact same storyline as every other tiefling who does. Name one Tiefling character who had a pleasant upbringing with Tiefling parents who loved them, and I'll fucking give you, I don't know, I'll eat my hat. I'll go find a hat, put it on, and then I'll eat it. But, I don't know. Anybody got anything you want to say about that? Y'all want to fight?
2: Arguably, you could make something like a Tiefling a human subrace. Because, you you also never see anybody come out playing like, I'm a dwarf, but a Tiefling.
0: I mean, and that's why you you know you think about three point five and the bloat with all those rules. I mean, there were rules for infernal characters or like half devil characters, where you just added a few different bonuses that tieflings now get, like you know the damage resistance, the spells, like the creepy look, and you just select it on a dwarf, and there you go, half devil dwarf.
2: And yeah, it's like uh, uh, templates. I love them. Uh, <laughs> you know what
0: you think? Uh, maybe they templates. Templates could have uh, been pretty cool in fifth edition.
1: I, I like tieflings because they're one of the only classes that has a built in buffer for all the bad, for all the checks they're going to have to make that they all come with that charisma bonus because they're going to need it. Like <laughs> right. It's like, oh boy, the devil just walked into town. Hopefully he can talk his way out of this. But, you know, it's almost
0: how I feel about Drow too, where it's like, because they're so strange and so hated wherever they go like no matter what the storyline immediately comes to a halt as soon as you go somewhere new as soon as you meet somebody with a little bit of prejudice or a new lord or lady or whatever like instantly it becomes a game of not let's go find the ring and throw it into the volcano it's let's explain why we we have somebody who smells like sulfur who has seven inch horns daggering off their forehead and they're red like like, you know what i mean and i feel like the same way and
2: that encourages everybody to play the same like you know discount uh too yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm a tiefling, but I play so much against type that yeah. you know why choose the race at all.
0: Which, if there was, I think in the in the player's handbook, I think they mention an entire empire of of tieflings at some. I, point. I know in four, either was. Yeah, I know four. that
2: that's fourth edition. Why?
0: And that's why I'm like, if they had their own empire, that'd be kind of dope. If there was tiefling culture, that'd be kind of cool. You can make an entire thing with like an empire of like, I don't know true-named demons who have been forced to do the labor and work for a human empire that fell to i don't know the demons slowly over time and became the tieflings and thus they're like a fallen empire of people with great rich history culture and lore but they have nothing to show for it
1: like that could be cool
0: yeah they're like the elves without the
1: trees they have no nice trees anymore but
0: but as far as i see it they're just like oops grandpa liked the devil and now we have you oh <laughs> like, you know what i mean like that's not i don't know all right so who's up next i did my gripes who's-
1: I'll, I'll do mine so uh pretty easy switch only need two letters you're gonna take the gnome right you're oh. just gonna change the m and the e to two l's boom now we got gnolls i really i like those sort of off-brand semi-bestial races that like don't have i know I think in five e they are almost specifically evil because they're not even a playable race in any of the things I've seen. I don't think so, but I know in four e they they were an option for playable characters, and I believe in three point five and stuff they were. They had, I mean, they honestly, were statted out in three point five. Pretty much every monster had a Knowles as characters
0: template that came at the end of the monster manual section for them, where they give you a big giant block of how to fucking do it, but.
1: But yeah, I I don't know. I think me as a player, I'm always going to be drawn towards the like less standard fantasy races. So if we're going to lose tieflings entirely, it's between them and dragonborn. Usually if I'm starting a scratch from player's handbook choices. So I I, having the knolls in there, I think would be a very fun option, especially if you, you give them an interesting history and work in, less about how they are all just like angry bloodthirsty evil monsters because i think there could be more to them than that
0: yeah the what's it called the gnolls are known for the three s's savagery slaughter and um slavery and that's like their game and it'd be i mean it'd be nice to know that there's a little bit of redemption to them maybe show that they have that kind of curse to them but almost treat it like some form of lycanthropy like where it's like sometimes i get mad and i can't control myself sometimes i see people fighting and i get riled the fuck up mm-hmm. create an entire mechanic for like an involuntary rage i don't know i mean i see it it's definitely not one of the things you see with the other races and if anything you almost see half orcs get kind of forced into that role of being like i'm a savage because i'm half an orc but if you just had full-blooded noel running out there like you know that's his game like he's the savage
1: Yeah, like, having them as more known as, like, mercenaries on hire that sort of form tight-knit clans around themselves, and then, like, it's like, yeah, you hire them, and you send—you don't hire them for guard duty. You're not going to hire them to protect a caravan, but if you want a big old ball to hit a bunch of enemy forces and really make them wish they didn't show up that day, you— hire a a Noel mercenary band and they they will make sure that job gets done
0: yeah i i've always kind of lent the idea that half orcs would make great bounty hunters because they're so used to living in fringes that it's the kind of work that people don't want to do but they'd be willing to do it i could see gnolls doing the same damn thing where they have insatiable hunger and they're just like i gotta fucking eat i need to find something to do
1: this seven and is a half of, foot like, half hyena man kicks down your door and asks if anybody in the tavern has information on this dude like yeah i don't know he's already salivating i'm probably just gonna give him what he wants
0: <laughs> just an old debt collector yeah but all right who's next oh no wait what are you getting rid of go ahead say gnomes. gnomes yeah it's just two letters easy peasy. why but why would you get rid of gnomes i know i've heard this argument a hundred times from everybody on planet earth but go ahead
1: I just – we already have three short people races. I know that's like a very generic throwaway, but like it, it's just – if I want to play a quirky, like eccentric, I can do that as a dwarf or a halfling pretty easily and don't need an entire race just to differentiate that little much more. It just – I don't know. It, it In a book that's just – Packed with standard fantasy races, you can take a swing and drop gnomes and bring in something else. Or it doesn't even have to be gnomes. I, I would never take out gnomes. Uh, no, fuck. I would never take out dwarves, and I would never take out elves. Dwarves, elves, humans are to me should always be in the player's handbook. But but outside of that halflings gnomes half elves even if you drop some the half races i don't know it, it just feels to me like you could take bigger swings you know does anybody else feel this way
0: about getting rid of gnomes just so i know who i shouldn't invite to any further podcasting anything
2: no I mean, not at I don't, all. i love gnomes
0: i played a gnome once right i i think so. and had a
3: great time and probably won't do it again
0: i mean that's the thing i think i think that they're like a really sugary soda where it's like they have their place in the refrigerator you don't want a lot of it and if there's more than one of them in like a sitting like it's gonna be gross but like i'll never forget that when i first got into the third edition i was like 10 years old i had my first player's handbook and i remember reading about gnomes and they just gripped me and i I, like if i can just indulge you guys because i know gnomes are usually first to the chopping block to get an out of the system but The thing that they said about gnomes is that they love nicknames. And I I know this is not a thing to build a race out of, but like, to me, it just always stuck with me that like gnomes, when they're born, have a baby name. Then when they become a child, they have a child's name. Mom and dad give them a nickname. Their friends give them nicknames. They go to school and have a school nickname. And like, they just have a hundred names. And as they go through the world, they do the same where like every member of the party has a secondary name that only the gnome calls them. And then there's another part where like known children, because they live as long as dwarves, which is like 400 fucking years. When they're born, they're given like a pet burrowing animal because they also live underground. And it's like their little pet that they raise from being a baby. And that's how they explain them being able to talk to animals and that natural affinity. But they, that's how they also come to terms with animal, like living longer than most things, is that little fucking mole is going to die someday. And they're going to be like eight years old and have to come to terms with the fact that like, You're going to be here a long time. You're going to have to see this a lot, right? And I kind of love that, like, that undefeatable gnomish impishness that comes along with being, like, a little silly illusionist to nature, like, free-frolicking character. Like, I just, I feel like there's some essence there that halflings don't always have. And I feel like it's always kind of a pain in the butt when they get ambiguous about halflings and just smush gnomes aside. And be like, uh, we'll let the halflings do the free frolicking. Did you ever see the Hobbit? It's got tons of frolicking little people. That's what halflings are now. Remember?
2: Which is weird because it seems like you know they they didn't you know, read Tolkien's lore about hobbits that they're you know, they're they're homebodies. They've got this you know stolid sort of practicality to them. Right. Where some of them don't even believe that dragons exist when that's a very real.
1: Rat. Yeah, they but they like fireworks.
2: The world.
0: You know, okay. Yeah, they like <laughs> fireworks. That, there you go. Racist name. You know, I would shoot from the hip. I'm going to get rid of halflings before I get rid of gnomes, but, you know. I mean,
1: I specifically chose gonna- gnomes because it was an e- easy joke for Knowles. so I'd, be, I'd, I'd, I'd let go of halflings, too. It's just, for me, it feels tough because, you know, the very real ties to Tolkien and all that stuff, but at this point, who plays a halfling like they're out of the Shire? As you guys both said, they're that sort of homebody, almost ignorant worldview. Right. You don't see it.
0: I mean, not to mention that, like when you think of Tolkien's writing for The Hobbit, like Bilbo and Frodo were freaks. Like they were weird. Like they left the Shire. They went looking for trouble. And they came back being regarded as a couple of dinglings, right? Like they Mm. were the exceptions to
2: the point. Frodo's whole family was weird too. Like one of my favorite little bits of world building that just completely derail the conversation real quick is Frodo's parents died by drowning in the Brandywine River, and there a lot of talk around the Shire says that's what they get for going on boats. The weirdos. Like, (laughs) oh oh my! (laughs) (laughs) But
0: that's why I'm. I could see if you played halflings as being like, just like more precocious dwarves, I would almost rather that be how halflings are played where they're just very like, they're like cats where they're like scared of everything and anything bigger than them. They always hide, but they're so quiet and like sneaky that like they don't get caught. Right. Whereas like gnomes are willing to be in the spotlight and be stupid. They almost remind me of the halflings from, from Dragonlance where they're just like, they don't have the emotion of fear. Halflings in Kryn do not sense fear, and so when it's danger and there's a dragon, they're like, oh, you're a big one. Like, they just don't have the capacity <laughs> to feel fear, right? And they're, they're just like, all Steve Irwin. Uh-oh. Right? And they're... Just, <laughs> that, and they have I'm gonna poke it with a stick. Yeah. That, and like, in no sense of an ableism thing there, but like, they literally suffer from kleptomania, where like, they'll walk out of a tavern with a t- tankard of ale that they didn't pay for, and they're like, ooh, whoops. they they just don't think about it they just things gravitate to their hands and they're like "Uh oh and they just have like piles they're like little magpies they just have a pile of silver things in their bag by the end of a quest that they can't even explain where it came from i'm like
3: you know maybe maybe next time i'll roll up a halfling and play it the good old shire style and just stay home and not go out and that's the end of that character
1: (laughs) and then i'll roll up the one who goes quest. then i'll roll up a good character just not believe in anything that we're fighting. That's not an orc. That's just a human with some paint on him. He's Don't be very, stupid. That, <laughs> I think I could play that. that. That'd be pretty fun.
0: So, uh, <laughs> let's see. Who's going next?
3: I will, to kind of add to what Ryan said about getting rid of like the half races. I, I think you just have all full races. Like, get rid of half orc, throw in regular orc, and then the half elf and Uh, probably throw in something more like Fae because there's not really any, like the Dryad or something.
0: I mean, you can make an entire fairy character. Yeah, or like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't. Just
3: something more like, you know, fantasy than what they have on the standard roster.
0: Uh, I mean, I was going to say, not to take your point, run with it, but like how much content do we see coming out of Wizards of the Coast about the Fae? And how much people, when they make, like, you know, homebrew content. Faye is beloved. But, like, what characters do we have? What races do we have that are just Fae characters?
1: Do they really- did just add a Fae UA not too long ago. Well, that's what I'm saying, is that, like... Finally. Right. Finally.
0: But, like, there's such an interest. Why is there not... Like, why did they do that with gnomes? Oh yeah, Because there's, practically- there's a fairy in that, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, they went so hard on the Aladrin... And you almost never see anyone even give. I I haven't seen a lot of them getting played or used or. <laughs> Don't worry about the campaign
0: anymore. There's no eladrin there.
1: Is it eladrin? No. Well, there's no eladrin
0: here. <laughs> because anyway. like,
1: yeah, you you, and they 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 went super hard on those, but like, yeah, they really lacked anything else from the fey wild even though they fleshed it out more than you would expect for not having a source book on it
0: which you know personally i kind of could give two shits about the fey wild and i know that's like controversial to say because people love the fey but like i just feel like there's so much more about it that's kind of alien to me with it that like having as a dungeon master to learn it all and then use it and have it be all kinds of wacky all over the place It's just not enough for me to grip onto, And that's how I feel about the planes too. But the thing is, is like people love the fae. And I think in fourth edition, gnomes leaned a lot harder to being fae. And that's why they were in the monster manual before they were in the player's handbook too. And like, no, do that. Make the, make the gnomes, the little fae guys, like make them little fairies do that force gnomes all day,
1: but still makes me laugh at the first fae. Like, character type that they added to 5th edition was the centaur <laughs> See, the first not humanoid I think was the centaur which is Faye.
0: there you go
1: which is f- f- super funny but alright Jerry. Yeah,
3: I, I just think the half races you can add uh, is like separate things like a mix between two of any combo you know cause it's
0: yeah which you know Again, not to derail it again, but you think about the races in in Dark Sun. I mean, there's a half-dwarf in that. I think they're called like Morgs or something like that. Morgs or something. I know there's some Dark Sun person who's going to hear this and send me hate mail. But like, I don't know, there's half dwarves and they're just like wicked tough short guys. But I... I Moles. It's moles. Oh, is that what it is?
1: Yeah, because I have a thing pulled up for 4E races and I was like, what the hell's a mole? And then you said Morgs and I was like, I bet it's mole. Is it M-U-H-L? No, just M-U-L. Dark Sun campaign sending <laughs> moles are <or> half-dwarfs. <laughs> but
0: the point is, is I agree with you, and that's why in this campaign, I when we were talking about you playing a half-orc, I think I that might have been the reason I leaned so hard into just saying orcs can be just as valid.
3: Yeah, because I was like, was like, orc or half-orc or something like that, and you're like, orcs would work, and I'm like, oh, right, fuck like, yeah.
0: Make orcs just orcs, you know? But I think that's just Gygaxian, like, racism kind of carried over where he's like no orcs are bad guys and you're like all right guy gax let's calm down orcs can be good guys too he's like no half orcs <laughs> but they have to be a product of the most ill acts ever so that when you play them you have to remember how unclean you are for deciding to play an evil guy kind of and i just i don't know i think orcs should be on the roster too but who are you getting rid of
3: jared oh i said the Two halves, so half orc replace, replace for orc, and then the half elf. I would cut too. Oh, okay. I thought if I just... had to cut one other, you know, you might as well take the gnome, just to.
0: <laughs> I was. I would just. I figured since you said it like so nonchalantly, you'd get rid of the other ones. That that was just like. Uh, no, yeah, no. That, the bushes. Let's just no. fucking cut the whole thing. The one
3: gnome I played was fun. I, he, maybe humans after those two, but like. That is
0: the most controversial take.
3: Uh, I, mean, I mean we're in a fantasy world and uh,
0: gonna play a human yeah but like at the same time when you say you're in a fantasy world like you got to qualify that because there's plenty of campaigns that don't even have fantasy races in them at all and they just have humans with magic you know what i mean and there's plenty of campaigns where the assumed is 95 percent of the world is populated by humans and then five percent is sprinkled with weird yeah. humans of but you know guys. let's let's get that campaign where there's no humans let's go <laughs>
2: i think that the problem (laughs) is that a lot of people don't properly write out you cultures and ethnicities for human characters in their campaign so they end up feeling you know really bland because you don't have the sort of culture to play to like you do if you play a dwarf or an elf yeah or something
0: and that's why in the fifth edition player's handbook there's the section in there where they like do that like racial breakdown where they talk about like how dragonborn are perceived by humans and elves mm-hmm. and dwarves. Mm-hmm. i fucking live for that because imagine I, yeah i think like, that was a really like, cool idea like describe humans through the eyes of a dwarf and all of a sudden humans are not vanilla anymore they're like a weird fast-paced idiot race that's just like listen i got 80 good years on this planet let's just go figure out how to fly i don't care how i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna fucking figure it out and it's uh, like he he, died. You know, the
2: other nice thing that fifth edition did was it specifically outlined all of the human ethnicities in the sword Coast. yeah and that's like a lot yeah you
1: know,
2: for a single small part of that one world uh you could play any of these dozen different ethnicities with their own cultures and their own role play
0: fair enough so anthony mm-hmm. well we got you talking why don't you tell us yours
2: we'll yeah. uh, so first of all cut dragonborn for pretty much the exact same reasons, you uh, say <gasps> cut the t oh! because <laughs> Dragonborn don't really fit anyway in yeah. my mind, right? Like, what is uh, what are Dragonborn? What relation do they even have to? Really Dragon cool. Actually? it's <laughs> so weird and ambiguous. Yeah. And so like, I actually went and looked it up uh, for at least Forgotten Realms. They had to shoehorn in Dragonborn because they're PHB race but they didn't initially appear in the Forgotten Realms. They made them aliens. <laughs> and yeah, I have this really strong dislike for, you know, fantasy often reaches a point where the authors don't know what else to do, so they make it sci-fi. And, and I feel like <laughs> Dragonborn are, that that's the point that the writers hit. It's now sci-fi in the is Forgotten
0: that, I mean, is that how you feel about Eberron, though?
2: Eberron has... I don't know. I have my own headcanon about Eberron that makes it more actually fantasy, but oh. yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. It's I mean they made it sci-fi. That's
0: that's kind of why I never really like blending those two and like doing the whole halfway mark. And I, like I think about Ravnica also and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, no. Ravnica
2: is far worse in my mind than Eberron, but like I said, I've basically rewritten Eberron in my mind to make it more fantasy.
1: <laughs> i don't you know shouldn't even so think funny. about ravnica at all unless you play magic the gathering to begin with so which
0: you know i just boo,
1: boo, boo, hot take but the thing is is I,
0: I just i don't know i mean you think about bolt's peak if we can bring it back to the episode that just dropped yesterday when this is getting put out um I mean, there's some sci-fi-ish stuff going on in there. And I think the reason why I did it like that is so that the gnomes, at least the rock gnomes or whatever, like they stand out as being kind of alien through what they did with their blending of magic. You know what I mean? So it's like, I can see technology in that light and keeping it almost like their own kind of magic. But still, it there is something to be said about that weird blend there. But yeah, I mean, Dragonborn to me do feel like kind of like weirdly answering the call for more bestial races. And they were just like, well, this game's half of its name is dragon. Why don't we make a dragon race? So
1: Literally, they, he was just going to say, like, as I'm someone who... Too,
2: that Dragonborn have the roots in third edition, yep. where it was a template you added on to a character uh, by carrying out a mystic ritual. And like the example character they had for the Dragonborn had been a dwarf he became a Dragonborn, died, got reincarnated into a human and became a Dragonborn again. It was very strange was this the way the- they decided to fit it into the world and it just doesn't work for me.
0: Well, was that in Draconomicon or whatever it was? Probably. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like some Draconomicon baloney. But, Ryan, what were you saying about Dragonborn?
1: Yeah, I mean, just I don't know if anyone has picked up from the characters that I've played on this podcast so far, but I think dragons are pretty cool all around. And so I will often gravitate towards classes or races and stuff like that, that in some way tie to them. I I mean like my first real fourth edition, I mean fifth edition character that I played in a long campaign was a dragonborn bard, um, Tatasar. And I, I just he had he was a gold dragonborn who had um, those weird tentacle things on his head and on each of the he had five on each side and he had one ring on each little thing for every color of dragon there was. And like I don't know, I just I like the idea of paying homage to dragons and the the power they represent and sort of putting that or something that aspires to be that as a character class i don't really dig a lot of the dragonborn lore as it is but i think as a race they have a lot of opportunities to be pretty rad
0: it's a poorly executed concept that could have been something so much more exactly and that's why i'm like with what you're saying though i mean i know we did the episode of classes before but like Man, did you look up the dragon shaman just for the sake of looking up, like, rules and stuff? Because if anybody would appreciate dragon shaman, that speech you just gave there about dragons being cool, man, that's dragon shaman all day long. Yeah. You literally wear a dragon necklace, and you're like, I hope I may, I hope I might. like, dragon magic. And it just happens because you beat the dragon so hard, you know? And then dragon tails happens. But, all right. I mean, Anthony's getting rid of dragonborn, and that... Kind yeah. of stuff. and
2: then adding in hobgoblins as a play of yeah. And it probably sounds like I'm just, yeah, you know, uh, uh, riding off a of dance coattail. No,
0: no, no, that's a common move,
2: yeah. It just uh, makes sense uh, just because, as so, as much as you know, Dragonborn don't fit, I feel like hobgoblins have a lot of opportunities to fit. You mm-hmm. know, they've got all of this, you know, background where you know, unlike you know, some of the other, you know, more savage races, they've got this whole far-reaching society off on the periphery of, you know, what's usually commonly talked about in the PHB, so you've got a lot of room to play a hobgoblin of any sort of character class, Uh, you know, you don't need to feel, you know, pigeonholed into any one thing, like it makes as much sense to play a hobgoblin barbarian as it does to play a hobgoblin wizard, right, you know, so there's a lot of room for playing a lot of different characters, you know, they're like the humans of the savage races.
0: Kind of I mean, I've seen it played out again in Dragonlands, the hobgoblins are much more of an accepted member of like a society, but they're frowned upon and they're treated as like I think the first hobgoblin they talk about in the uh, Dragons of Autumn Twilight, the, like the first book in The Chronicles, I guess you want to say that, like is he's got a greasy pot belly that hangs out of his ill-fitting armor. and as soon as the party are camping outside of town waiting for their friends so they go have like a rendezvous and go on a quest, the guy shows up and he's just like, "You're not supposed to be out here by sundown." They're like, "The sun's still up." They're like, "Well, in two hours, you better hope I'm not out here." They're like, "The orders from the Lord confiscate their goods," and they're just like these weird, like power trip, like armor wearing savage fat guys that are just like, "I'm like, I don't know." There's something about that, yeah, like they've
2: the also cut, yeah, this and they've also got this like weird edge of you know like honor to them that That's I, really what I was going to say.
0: They yeah. Be Like the first war prone, honor driven characters that are all about pride, but the juxtaposition of them also being greasy, ugly, like freaky looking dudes that are just about honor and pride. Like there's a lot there to unpack. And I think it makes them a lot more interesting than most of the base races, you know?
2: Yeah, right? and, uh, yeah probably because you know, that's what they get for being, you know, on the periphery and, you know, a lot of people have written about them. You know, as enemies and about their society. That's what I was saying but, before. Yeah, exactly. It's so just because uh, they, ones uh, have a lot of like untapped potential. Um, but th- now I also just want to sneak right in there, you know, breaking the rules a little bit, and honorable mention of half giants. Of who? Half giants.
0: Half, half giants are pretty dope too. I almost, I almost draw half giants where we talk about having the little races and we're talking about how many of those we got, and then the mid tier. But, like, yo, where's our Jumbo Boys? Like, I know Goliaths yeah. kind of make the cut, but, like, yo, Half-Giants from the Psionics books in 3.5? Those guys were tight. Half-Giants are cool. Or even Half-Ogres, man. Like, where's the love for one? Because
2: the reason for that is, I think, for some reason, Wizards of the Coast really doesn't want players to play size-large creatures.
0: Yeah. I mean, it and makes... Because,
2: it, I, I don't know, maybe it breaks the game. I don't know the math. But, you know, that's why, you know, a lot of, you know, things like Goliaths have that thing where they're like, okay, they're large, they got longer reach, but you know, they don't, they still only take up a five foot square.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, when you start getting into the rules of like mounted combat inside of buildings and stuff like that, how much that all gets fucky. Now imagine that's your entire existence as a character. You know what I mean? Walking down a hallway, you just can't. But, you know, I mean, it's part of playing the game. I mean, if you're the biggest character, a lot of those issues with having to jump over a fence or fucking completely finished cuz the guy who's the tallest picks you up and puts you on the other side. He just now can't go in the dungeon. But I mean, you didn't need him in there anyway. Jared, were you going to say something about the tall boys?
3: Uh, not just Goliath was going to be like my uh backup choice. Which cuz you know, I'm I'm a fan of Goliath. Yeah, I
0: like Goliath's Nothing for nothing, but Goliath's will be coming up in the campaign too again once the whole party leaves like the comfort of the kingdom that they're part of and like i'm not going to give away spoilers for what happens later in the show because what we've done is not published yet but like i mean you guys are probably seeing that you're going to be leaving your general area you know and you're going to be exploring more of the wide world and yeah i mean goliaths are out there and it's going to be interesting to come across them and it'll be interesting to see how everybody kind of appreciates their culture they are cool i i just think goliaths are really neat with that whole competition mindset and everything's always a competition for them that's pretty cool too
3: yeah hopefully we see him from a distance at first so i could just be like oh he's so tiny i can take him (laughs) get up close he's just taller than jarzak (laughs) i
2: hate him one little bit of trivia in the book of vile darkness movie one of the members of the evil party randomly a goliath
0: what the hell is that i think they were just like well we've got a really tall guy why don't we just paint his face weird colors and we'll just call it a day we don't have enough rubber ears can we just like shave your head bald and paint you blue (laughs) but all right anybody got any plugs
2: Hmm. Uh, no no, i can't think of one
3: jared why did you just send us that message So, I just sent the race
1: lineup. So, if we, we... yeah, you have to actually click it because it comes out as insane gibberish if you just look at the preview. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, I thought I was like, Jared, did you fall asleep on your keyboard?
2: A lineup of PHB races based on everything that we've said. Yeah. So, the playable races would be Dwarf, Elf, Fae, Knoll, Goblin, Halfling, Hobgoblin, Human, and Orc.
3: That's that's a pretty solid lineup. You have monsters, humanoids. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong
0: with that.
1: Yeah, and you can build a pretty interesting fantasy world based yeah, off of those good. races.
2: And, and you know, uh, throw in you know the rules like you mentioned, Jared. Uh, you mentioned Jared for making your own half. Uh, yeah, your own half yeah.
3: race.
0: because because
3: like yeah, be pretty much hard. any of them can be half.
0: Like, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you make a half dwarf, a half fairy half null. i mean there's a lot of room for a lot of it i think what we can do in the next nard bite one of my favorite little pet conversations in my own head is to take a race that's assumedly good and turn it evil and talk about how that could be done and taking assumedly good races and i mean uh and assumedly bad races and how you can turn them good using possible and tropes but can't do it can't be all done right. all right all right listen here <laughs> but anyway, anybody got to plug anything before we go
1: Hmm. oh uh for tieflings that came from happy homes you can just watch uh season one of dimension 20 for fig faith because she came from a pretty good place
2: Uh, the 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 book of vile darkness film it's terrible and good all at the
0: same time (laughs) the book the book of vile darkness uh don't read it (laughs) leave it um all right well i mean that's good enough for me go back